last week, we did start a series, just, we're calling it Embodied Faith. I loved uh, how uh, Barbara Brown Taylor and her book, Alter in the World, described our bodies as our soul's address. Um, your soul does not go anywhere without your body. You do not have a, uh, a spiritual, meaningful encounter with God without your body. And uh, our body plays such a key role in our spiritual growth. Um, depending on your faith tradition, that may be something that you didn't hear a whole lot about growing up. Um, I would say that was, that was by and large kind of set off to the side, and maybe even uh, the body was kind of even perceived as something that could be dangerous or evil and interfere with your spiritual journey, more than it being um, an asset a way that God can speak to us in our spiritual journeys. Last week, we looked at one of the things that makes us good, that makes our bodies good, is that we were created in the image of God. Quite literally, um, God came down in earthly form, and uh, in a body, Jesus modeled for us how to live a fully engaged life in a body. And so we don't need to try and figure out how to rise above our bodies in a transcendent way, how do we become more fully embodied in the way that we connect with God? So we, um, our, our bodies are good because God looked at them and said that your body created in my image. It wasn't a good compared to other things that he created, as good as all of these things are around us. He looked at you and he looked at me and he said, you are good because we look like him as our creator. What a beautiful gift that is for us. So we're good because we're created in the image of God, and our bodies are also good because that is the place that we encounter God. It is the place where God wants to meet with us. In fact, in scriptures, he dwells within us, in our bodies, in a, in a very intimate and personal way. So I want us to uh, today to think about how our bodies are places of encounter with God. And um, I was uh, having dinner last night with, uh, with my family, and Callie got to telling some stories, which is always uh, a fun time. Uh, some of the stories I can tell here in church, and, uh, <laughs> and this is one of them. <laughs> but she, uh, she was doing an imitation of what it's like trying to wake me up on the couch. <laughs> and... Uh, and she and, and Jack have learned over time that, you know, you don't poke the sleeping bear. You know, you can't, like, touch me and you can't startle me. So Callie was describing this, and she's like, so I always start off with, Dad, Dad. But I don't stir. I don't move. And so she has to say a little bit louder, Dad, Dad. And that doesn't work. And so finally she has to resort to yelling. She's like, Dad, Dad. And I jump awake, <laughs> she says, and the first thing you always say, dad, is why are you yelling at me? <laughs> and I wonder how, um, I wonder if God maybe has been whispering to us, but maybe in a numb slumber, we haven't been attuned to the way that he's been calling our name. Could it be that maybe even through our bodies, He's whispering and saying something to us. And I think it's important for us to be still and to pay attention to the bodies that he's giving us, that he's given to us, and the way that he wants to speak to us through our bodies. 
And sometimes it might be um, through pain that we wonder, why is God yelling at us? <laughs> Maybe he's just been trying to get our attention for quite a while. So I want us to look at a, a really fascinating story. And uh, it's a story of this great man of God named Elijah. And as we, as we enter into this story, I mean it like that. I want us to enter into the story. I don't want you to just hear the story. I want you to picture yourself um, involved in this story. See how much you can relate to Elijah. Now, to give it some context before we jump into this part of First Corinthians, uh, First First Kings, uh, nineteen. Um, a little bit of context. This great man of God named Elijah has just had an incredible, miraculous encounter where uh, God literally sends lightning from heaven, lights up um, this altar, uh, this sacrifice that he was offering to God, defeats the prophets of Baal. Um, he has this huge lightning from heaven type of miracle, but despite that amazing display, he uh, felt, he walked away from it like something was just really missing, and something was wrong. Um, he literally began to run for his life as the um, evil rulers of that day threatened his life. And instead of that event kind of creating this, uh, this groundswell of following God, the one who brought about this great miracle, Elijah felt incredibly alone. And as awesome as this experience was for him, it took a lot out of him at the same time. And so I want us to pick up this, this, this story in verse 3. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom brush, sat down, bush, not brush, broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. He was so exhausted, so depleted that he was despairing of life. He um, had lost a real sense of what life was about. He had lost a, a true groundedness in what his life was about and God's plans for him. But um, here is the grace in this story that even in his exhaustion and in his fatigue and in his great doubt, God met him where he was. It wasn't a Okay, Elijah, you and I are going to hang out, but you got to get your act together. We see that God met him right there where he was in his point of need and addressed a physical need before he addressed anything else. Listen to this. All at once, now he's, he's asleep. Keep that in mind. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. I don't know if it was whispered a few times, <laughs> but anyway, he responded, um, Elijah looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then he lay down again. Elijah, physically exhausted, depleted, tempted to give up, um, is awakened to freshly baked bread and water. 
when Elijah is on the run, I find it noteworthy that the very first thing God addresses is his physical need, what his body needs. To say Elijah just collapsed and crashed and slept is quite the understatement. In fact, that was one of the things that as a staff, I think we were talking about last week, that last Sunday, we didn't just kind of go home and nap. I think I think the word we used was we crashed. I don't know what it was about last Sunday, but we all um, hit the hit, hit it pretty hard with the naps. Um, but God woke him up, provided food, physical nourishment for him, and then let Elijah go back to sleep again. And so we read um, that the second time. The angel of the Lord came back, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. In deepest fatigue and utter exhaustion, um, when you feel like you don't have anything left to keep fighting, um, God wants to meet you in that situation. And could it be that something, something as simple as rest and food is what you need in that moment? I wonder how many times we have probably tried to look for some deep theological, spiritual, what is it, God, that you have? What if he was saying, you know, really what I need you to do right now? Just take a nap. Take a nap. Get some rest. Eat some good food. Maybe, maybe don't try and stay up based on caffeine. Try and stay up because you got a good night's rest beforehand. I wonder how much um, God has that in mind and um, he wants to meet us in that situation. And what if he wants to, in that situation, speak to us through what our bodies are trying to say? So we continue on. Uh, so Elijah got up, ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. So... It was God's way of saying, you've got a big journey ahead. Now, when you're tired, maybe the last thing you want to hear is that you got a lot in front of you still. But can we acknowledge we might be a little tired coming out of whatever, however you want to label what we've been through. But we have a journey ahead of us. This is the beginning. And I believe that God is probably saying to most of us, I want you to pay attention to what I am saying to you through your body. So we're going to do that in, in just a moment. I think, I think it's, it's especially interesting to note that um, God was leading Elijah on this 40-day journey to Mount Horeb, which you may know better as Mount Sinai. He was leading him to the place where Moses once encountered God through a burning bush. He is encountering uh, God at the place where God gave the Ten Commandments. So he's leading him on this journey to a place God has had some amazing encounters with his people. And I believe that God wants to meet us now and to prepare us for a journey to where he's going to meet with us again. Um, what's the journey that's still ahead for you? What's the journey that's ahead for you? What lies ahead that you're going to need stamina for. It could be spiritual stamina, emotional stamina, 
vocational stamina, moral stamina? Could it be that proper rest and nutrition could give you the physical stamina that you need to encounter God in this journey that God has ahead for you? So, um, so Elijah's asleep, and he wakes up to what God knew he needed, bread and water. If you were to wake up tomorrow morning and God had right there, present, next to you what you needed, what would that be? If you were to wake up tomorrow and God, knowing what you need, provided that for you, what might that be? I can't answer that question for you, but maybe your body can. And so I'm going to invite you now to uh, find a uh, just a comfortable, seated, upright position. Um, for those of you on Zoom who are still in bed, um, at, least, <laughs> at least sit up for this part, okay? And um, I want us to, uh, we're going to take about five minutes. It's going to be mostly quiet. I'm going to kind of guide you through this. Uh, it's kind of a, a part conversation with God and a part, part way a conversation with your own body and what God is trying to say to you through your body. So in an upright position, um, feet firmly on the ground, um, maybe hands in your lap, possibly palms up, just in this time of, of saying, God, uh, just as a symbol of saying, God, I, I want to receive from you what you have for me. And I want you to begin by taking three long, slow breaths. We talked last week about how breathing is one of the ways that we are reminded that God is nearer to us than our very breath. God breathed the breath of life into Adam. God continues to breathe the breath of life, animating not just our physical self, but our spiritual self. The Hebrew spelling of Yahweh sounded like breathing. Yod, hey. Vav, hey. Just take a moment and recognize that God is closer to you than that breath. Matthew 11, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Now let me guide you with some questions and prompts as you, maybe your head's bowed or your eyes are closed, just whatever, it, it helps you just kind of to remain present. Um, I want you to begin by taking note of what is happening right now in your body. Are there, for example, tight muscles that you feel slowly relaxing as you breathe? Is there a part of your body that feels tired or sluggish? Not asking you to figure out why or to fix it, just acknowledge that. Maybe there's part of you that feels energized right now. Recognize that. Does something hurt or ache? For most of us, it's not does something. It's like how much right now hurts and aches. 
Maybe what feels good and strong and well in your body right now. This kind of goes back to a question I posed just a, a few moments ago. Is there anything that God wants to give you in response to what your body needs, to what your body is telling you? A nap? Does he want to give you a long walk? A hot bath? More time simply sitting quietly like you are right now? Does God want to give you a vacation? Maybe God wants to invite you into some rigorous exercise. Maybe God wants to give you a doctor's appointment. What does God want to give you in response to what your body needs? Is God nudging you to make any changes this week? Getting more rest, drinking more water, maybe eliminating a certain food or adding in another food. Make this your prayer, Creator God, what changes would you like for me to make as I care for this body, your house that you have given me? kind of wrap up this time by, by asking a, could be a difficult question. You might need more than just our time this morning to get an answer to this, but uh, what might God be trying to tell you through your body? Is he trying to tell you that you're overcommitted? That there's something unsettled that you need to address? Is he saying to you that you have much to be grateful for and that there is a joy that needs to be released? Is he trying to tell you that you're angry or resentful? Is God trying to tell you you are ready? You may not think you are, but you are ready. In this posture of open awareness, um, I want us to turn our thoughts to bread and wine, bread and juice, and what they represent. In just a moment as we partake in communion, if you want to get those elements and um, be ready here in just a moment, um, I want us to remember that Christ does offer us a sustenance that goes beyond food and water. Um, we read in the New Testament that Jesus was speaking to some of his close friends, and he, he named himself, he described himself as the bread of life. 
And the response of those friends was, I want that bread now. <laughs> if you are the bread of life, then I, I want that bread. In other words, they knew that there was something beyond just what physical bread could do for them, and they wanted that. Um, in another very compelling story, Jesus is uh, sitting beside a well, and he knows that this lady is thirsting for relationship. And in the midst of that thirst, he describes himself sitting next to that well. He says, I am living water. If you drink from a relationship with me, you will never thirst again. And her immediate response is, I want to drink from that well. He is the bread of life. He is living water. Physical food, physical water are nutrients that God gives us. And then, as his children, we get to experience above and beyond that what can only be experienced in this unique union that we have with Christ. And I want us to think about that as we enter into this time of communion. Um, before we partake of bread and juice, um, take a moment and express to Jesus in a prayer uh, just your gratitude for the ways that he has sustained you. How have you encountered him sustaining you just in the, these last few days, over this last year? As we prepare for the sacred meal, um, I want us to cleanse the palate of our heart. <laughs> I want us to come to God with a clean heart, and I want to offer this prayer of confession. And as it resonates with you, feel free to just affirm that, amen that, between you and God. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, indeed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name, amen. Now, taking the elements, beginning with the bread, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
I want us to close with um, just this very simple benediction. And after this, uh, those of you on Zoom, unmute and um, enjoy some time together. Those of us that are present are probably going to slide over to the computer and also give you a wave and say hi to you. Um, and uh, thank you for joining us. For those, for those of us here, um, this will be an opportunity for us to, in our bodies, express gratitude for one another. So here's the benediction prayer. And Jesus said, come. To all mothers and all children, he said, come. To the motherless and the childless, he said, come. To all who long to be mothered, he said, come. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen.